Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we share our most personal experiences in an effort to pursue happy and healthy, sexy relationships with ourselves and or partners, whatever that means for us. Our guest today is a 22-year-old poly and pansexual transmask Latino who uses he-they pronouns and is singlish. They are into praise, exhibitionism, group sex, and have a penchant for daddies also is exploring his own daddy side, a tattoo apprentice with a day job at a mortgage company from Glendale, California. Welcome, Neptune. Hi, how are you? I am awesome, and I am so excited to hear if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer today, with 10 being the most full of shame and one being not so shamey. Where do you fall right now? I'm probably at a good two, I think, yeah. <laughs> Why? I think there's still a little bit left, mostly around like certain people that like I know are judgy, but mostly if it's just me or people that I'm comfortable with or even strangers, it's a lot easier to just be more comfortable. Nice. What would make it go down to a one or a zero? Probably when I'm talking to close friends about my sex life or like sexual encounters or with an actual partner who I'm super comfortable with. Nice. Okay. Can you give us a little snapshot overview of what your sex life is like right now, including your favorite parts? So right now I would say it's comfortable but in a great way i have only like one partner that i see occasionally and one friend that i play with a little bit very occasionally i'm super happy with how it is right now i think my favorite part is the partner that i see that like we get to play and explore a lot with each other awesome and then can you tell us what is sexy to you sexy is more of a vibe and like confidence and energy that i get from people much more than like any physical attributes. So if I'm able to connect with someone and like body language is a big one, then I feel like this person is sexy to me and I feel sexy with them. I love that. When else do you feel sexy? When I have the time and energy to put effort into like how I'm presenting and like 
spending time on myself gets me more in the mood and kind of amps up like, oh, I'm feeling great today. I'm feeling sexy. I want to go out. Yeah. What mode of presentation makes you like, when do you present sexy? What's it look like or feel? It'll like? depend. Sometimes I'll want to be super masculine and like feel like having like a nice buttoned up shirt that's really fitted and that kind of thing. I do like jewelry though, no matter what. I always want to wear like rings or like a necklace or something. That helps a lot no matter what. I love that. Okay. And then what counts as sex for you? It'll vary on the actual activity, but it's more of that, the connection. So if I'm having a wonderful connection with someone, even if we're fully clothed and only doing like some rubbing and like just making out, but it was a great connection. I'll be like, yeah, that was, that was some good sex. Wow. You have the ability to just keep your clothes on when you're at a rubbing point? Like, are you out in public? <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about my impatience a lot. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it is out of necessity, but sometimes it's like, okay, like, or if we have to go do something, or if that's like all we're feeling that day. For one of the others, like, I don't want to do more. That's fine with me. Totally. Amazing. And for the record, I do think that like fooling around with clothes on is super duper hot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now tell us, did you ever get an explicit health and safety conversation or a conversation about consent growing up? Not really about consent. I had one of the families that like, you have to hug everyone and give everybody a kiss on the cheek. Like, even if you don't want to. Yeah. Health and safety, like was a little bit. We had a very brief one when I was in middle school and one in elementary school that was more about like just periods and that kind of thing. Cause you know, like the sexes got separated to do different talks, but that was it. It was very limited. Grownups in your family, did they ever talk about it? Not really. It was more of like, even when I did get my period when I was younger, it was a very limited conversation. Got it. Okay. And then in your adult life, do you have an example of a time where you said a very clear yes to something sexy that led to an awesome experience? So two actually happened in the same place. I was at a dungeon with a friend. And the first one was like when it was actually with me was just setting like what we wanted to do for our scene. And it was my first time at that place, but I was super excited and I was ready for a scene and super into it. And it was pretty like, I guess, timid. It was like a lot of like light spanking and he was mostly like rubbing my legs and like just like feeling each other. And that was really, really hot. It was so good. And then my second, I guess, example would be, it wasn't me doing it, but it was that friend he was getting spanked. But the person who was doing it had a great arm, was super strong. So instead of just going for it, he would say like, thank you and please for more when he was ready and that was like just watching like wow like heart eyes star eyes like wow that's awesome <laughs> i love that so much it is a personal favorite of mine when i'm receiving pain to say thank you there's some part of me that i guess wants reassurance i also haven't had a super duper mean top yet that was like no shut up you know and they seem to like <laughs> that's great okay yeah oh my gosh so now tell us please what, if anything, happens to your shame meter when it's time to have a safer sex conversation and in your ideal world, how does it go? My shame meter doesn't really change if it's time to talk about it. I just like to either over text if I'm like talking to the person or in person when we're about to. I just make sure to say if we're both negative or if there's something that we need to work around. I guess in the ideal world, people would be more open to that conversation and more like forthcoming and like or for example if i'm asking for can we get tested before doing more things especially if there's going to be like no condom or fluid bonding that they were like yeah of course like more more open to that wouldn't it be great if that was just like the standard second date or something <laughs> yeah. just so you have it or i don't know i don't know i'm making up arbitrary timelines i think a fun date would just be going to get tested together and exactly. then 
like fooling around, but having, I think it'd be kind of cool to, I guess, incorporate the limit of like, we don't have our results yet, so we can't do a lot, but we'll mm-hmm. fool around within those limitations. Love it. Yeah, just touch teases. No fluid exchange, nothing, nothing till we get all our results back. Maybe I'll do an experiment for a couple of months and just make that the first date invitation and see what happens and report back. Yeah. I love that, actually. <laughs> um, and if you do it, tell me. Okay. Do you feel like you wish other people would initiate it or are you comfy initiating? I'm comfy initiating. Nice. I think if I'm comfortable enough with a person to talk about that, I'm definitely comfortable enough to actually, like, you know, have fun activities together. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So now let's go back to your early years. And I want you to walk us through your formative sexual timeline for whatever feels relevant. Starting with, what is your first sex-related memory or thought or feeling or experience? So actually, like, trigger warning, my first experience and, like, memory was being assaulted when I was young. I don't remember what age. I know it was elementary school time. A family would watch us over the summer, and the husband, like, you know, got me. <laughs> okay. So what's a good way to talk about how that shaped your whole fucking life? I think it was definitely, I had a lot of confusion around sex at first. And again, because I didn't really get to talk about like specifics, I was very confused and then in turn very curious about like, what is this thing? And like, what is, I want to know everything about it and figure it out. Yeah. Also, I should rewind and first say, I'm sorry that happened to you. And I'm sorry that's such an experience that is, I guess, at this point, so common for me to hear about that I didn't lead with that. Do you also feel comfy saying at what age you figured out kind of that it was, a, oh, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Did you figure out it was a trauma? Like what, can you just walk us through kind of like your processing of it since we started with it? Like I said, at first I was very confused about like what's happening. I do remember being like, like knowing it wasn't right though. Like it wasn't like, this is normal and fine. Yeah. But I think after like the initial like experience, I didn't really process it until much later I would say maybe high school realizing like oh okay I see now like looking back that is what happened and working on it and I was I had a therapist at the time too so I was able to start talking about it when I was realizing what what happened okay so back in your younger years when there was this curiosity was there a sense of sex like when did you kind of like figure out sexy parts and were you able to parse kind of your own curiosity and desire from the stuff that had just been kind of dumped on you yes actually Before I was a teenager, maybe around like eight or 10, I saw Rocky Horror for the first time. My dad was like, he showed it to us like it was nothing. He was, I make make jokes that like he made me the way I am because he showed us that at such a young age. (laughs) What does he think about those jokes? He's passed on now, but he did find them very funny. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But when I was watching that, the scene when like Rocky is with Janet and Brad and like showing both, I was like, whoa, you can do that. And I was like, I would definitely rewind and watch it again. Like, wow, wait, okay, what are they doing? And that kind of started more of the the fun. That was like my more positive, like experience with it and the excitement about it. And then from that, I just ended up, you know, it's in media everywhere and in movies. So I would get like, okay, like these are in the fun ones of like people having like a good time or a date. It was more exciting. And so more through that, like rewinding and watching again to like see what they're doing and try to figure it out. Yeah. And as a young person, what was your relationship like with your own body? Did you start exploring it at any point? A bit, yeah. I, maybe I think when I was 13, it kind of started like through, again, watching like a movie or something where something is happening. And I would be like, oh, wait, what are they doing? I'm like trying to mimic it. But a lot of times it was two people and I was like, I can't be two people. But then like realizing like if I was getting wet, being like, oh, what's that? And like just 
very curiously exploring like, okay, when I do this, if I like rub a little bit, I get, there's more wet. What, how about, like, what if I keep doing it? Totally. And did you? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> Especially when I was younger, I would say maybe not like every day, but like maybe three times a week if I was like alone, I'd be like, okay, okay, I have time now. Let me see what happens. Okay. And was it really exploratory or did you reach orgasm? Not that orgasms are the most important thing, but just for curiosity's sake. Yeah. No, I don't think I reached orgasm when I was younger. I think maybe that started when I was like post-pubescent. <laughs> okay. At what point did you start to like realize your poly queerness? Like, was it Brad and Janet? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it was very <laughs> early too. on. I, now that you're saying that, I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's a good introduction to that for sure. No, I think it was very early on. I didn't really think about it. I didn't think hard about it. I'm like, oh, what if I am? Although when I was younger, I was like worried because of my upbringing that I would be a lesbian. Mm. Yeah. I remember even praying to God to be like, please don't, like my family's Christian and Catholic. So okay. I got, you know, the best of both worlds there. But I remember praying being like, please don't make me lesbian. And I joke now that, like, I'm no longer a lesbian. <laughs> so it worked. <laughs> Great. Will you take us on your gender journey? Yeah. <laughs> what do you feel about the phrase gender journey that I just said? <laughs> I like it. I think it's fun. I think it okay. definitely was a journey. I just Okay. I, I just realized it could be a loaded phrase, but I would love to hear your experience. <laughs> I didn't think about gender a lot until I was maybe in high school. When I was in high school, I did come out as bi. And that was a very, like, someone asked me because I was joking about kissing your friend. He was like, are you bi or something? I was like, yeah. And then I told my friends I was bi because I was like, oh, yeah, that's the word for it. But I did have, we were like the friend group that was all queers. Even if we didn't know at the time, we ended up being queer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> One of my friends came out as trans mask in high school and kind of watching him and seeing his experience. I was like, wow, that actually sounds kind of cool. Like, I wonder like what that would be like. And then realizing like, oh, that's why I'm wondering about it so much because I am. Like that show since eight, thinking about like, I, I know she's a trans woman, but watching her, I was like, I think like relating a lot to trans characters in general and just exploring like my own and like reading about other trans people. I remember seeing like a documentary about trans kids on like PBS that my friend's mom had us watch with her because I feel like she knew it was up. <laughs> like we were all sitting in her bed. She's like, come watch this with me. And then we all cried at the end because it was so beautiful. I think that was especially, I was like, okay, it was just really clicking in my brain now that maybe I connect so much because it's my actual identity. Yeah. So, okay. What happened next in your sexual journey? When did you start exploring with partners or was there anything between like exploring yourself? Like what, what was the next kind of piece? Definitely like the first thing that I was doing was like sexting people. Like I was definitely a Tumblr kid. So like I would just randomly like start talking to someone on there and then we were like usually of the same age and then just start, start being like, oh, what if like this were to happen? Like, and like with one person, it got very like full on sexting, like role-playing. And that was a fun way to explore. And also it's like starting to figure out like certain things that I like in sex. Okay. So were you using Tumblr to figure that out? Like how did you figure out the certain things you liked and how did you know what to say in sexting? <laughs> Luckily the person, like that specific person that I would speak with was very good at like prompting. Uh, the role play was a lot like, and then I take your shirt off and then now we're doing this. And I'd be like, okay, that sounds cool. And just continuing it. And because also I had like explored my body and like started masturbating and stuff, I knew somewhat what it could feel like and I could imagine what it would feel like. So I just kind of kept it to like very, very minimal. I wasn't getting too adventurous. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like very responsive rather than necessarily mm -hmm. 
leading the way. How graphic was it? It was definitely like talking about like me giving them a blowjob and like talking about like full on sex and like even though even then I was like and then you put a condom on. <laughs> I love that. Oh, where did you learn that? Just like in school, like for condoms, I honestly just learned from like other people talking about it, and they didn't really tell us about condoms at school. I remember one time actually, like it was later in high school. I had a bunch of condoms because I'd gone to a pride event and they were just, you know, they're everywhere. So I gathered as many as I could and I brought them to people to be like, do you need any? I have a, bu- a bucket full. That's Take some. amazing. <laughs> oh my God. You're like a condom fairy. Literally. <laughs> so you have this online relationship. Were they like relationships or was it kind of just like sexy buddies? Like what was the emotional component? It was emotional for sure. It was as much of a relationship as it could be because like you know we live far apart we're just talking over this we weren't even like texting i think we were on like snapchat or something but there was an emotional component for sure and then did that inspire you to want to do stuff in person or were you kind of content to keep stuff online for a while like what happened next i did want to explore a bit the first person that i ended up exploring with like it was very shortly after that which was one of my friends who i went to visit for like a full week But that was a very, like, emotionally, I guess, confusing experience because they were, like, during the day, they were hanging out with a guy and they would be cuddling and I would just, like, be in the room and they'd be, like, super intense cuddling and, like, being together and, like, canoodling. (laughs) And I would sit there like, okay. But then at night, we would, like, fool around. And so I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. (laughs) That seems like a confusing experience. Was there ever any explicit communication around that dynamic or was it just happening and you were like following along i was following along for sure and also (laughs) before then we had been sort of datey and then right before i went to visit they were like actually i don't like you anymore oh but you can still visit if you want and i was like okay so then also that whole like that experience from like thinking okay they don't like me anymore but we're still fooling around but then there also there's this guy yeah so it was very confusing that's a lot of layers of confusion especially for a first physical experience was the physical part at least nice or was it just confused like what do you remember about doing with that person i remember it was more of me giving than receiving okay although at one point i remember they did like my first like oh wow was when we were messing around and then they pinned me to the bed and had like my hands up above, like my wrists together, like up on my head, and they were straddling me, and I was like, "Oh God, this is amazing! Wow!" And like that was very exciting. But then after that, it was mostly me giving to them than anything. Okay, is this a good time to talk about your preferences for giving and receiving, or shall we yeah. go on down the timeline? Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's start with you. What does your body love to receive? To receive, I just love. I love to start with more gentle touches. But definitely, like, my neck is super, super sensitive. So if we're even gently making out and you go to my neck, I'm like, it's on. I like to start with gentle touches, especially for, like, if it's directly, like, on my vulva or, like, around the clitoris. I'm very, very sensitive. I've actually gotten more sensitive since being on tea, which I've heard is not as common. And I'm also a lot wetter than I used to be, which some, some of my friends are like, I'm so much drier. I need so much lube now. And I'm like, I got all the lube I need. Great. Okay. And I like to be, I think I tend to lean more towards being submissive and receiving a lot more. I do love to be dominant when I'm given the opportunity. Amazing. What sort of ways have you been dominant so far? So the friend that I, like I said, I I very occasionally see the times that we have like together, I am more dominant with them. I just want to make people feel good. And that'll still come out in my submissiveness. But when I'm dominant, I'm like, I have like your permission to have the control to make you feel as good as I can 
God. And so that's just like, I just get really excited about that. And I want to do everything to make them feel good and hear their reactions, especially. Amazing. As a submissive, what feeds you the most? Like, what do you really just love to experience? I love feeling a lot of the other person. So for example, if I'm like underneath someone and they're fully on top of me, I love feeling like just having that full body connection. I also like to hear the praise and I like to hear them talking about like how good it feels for them, telling me like, oh, that's so good. I do think that like words like slut and that kind of like, and like no one's called me a come whore, but I am very open to it. I got called that. I love it. (laughs) That's so exciting. I love that for you. But words like that, I don't see them as derogatory. So that's my question. What makes it derogatory? Because I... When those dirty, dirty names are said to me so sweetly, I literally can't yeah. process them as yeah. humiliating or derogatory. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, like it's almost like I go straight to pleasure. <laughs> What's your experience like? And like, yeah, tell us some of your more limits or, or more. Yeah. An actual example I can think of was it wasn't really directed at me, but it was during that confusing time with my friend that I was with for that like week. It was very brief, but again, because it was such a like tenuous thing, it was like a big hit to me was when we were messing around, I had taken my underwear off and put them to the side. You know, I don't need them right now. Afterwards, when we were finished, they were like, oh, that's so gross because they were like cold because I was wet and then they got cold. And they were just like, gave it back. They're like, oh, that's so gross. And they like gave it back to me. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, man. And that wasn't a good feeling. Oh, that's just like not in a dynamic, like normie shaming yeah. of like regular body function. Oh, man. Yeah. But like anything, I guess anything, like I doubt that yeah. would come up ever again. That was a very specific experience. But it, sounds, it just sounds like unconsciousness, like unconscious shame that was like vomited on you. And also like wrong. It's hot because you were wet. Like what? <laughs> Like, you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but other, other things, like, I know, like, being called, like, like actual, like, being called ugly or, like, anything yeah. of, like, a more physical put down, I'm like, I'm not here for it. I'm not, I don't care for the humiliation yeah. aspect. God. Wow. What if it was, like, saying mean stuff that's, ugh, like, saying it in a mean tone that's really nice, like, mean praise? Is that, like, I'm just, I'm just exploring your praise with my brain. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I love it. I was actually with a partner that I had. When I was like sucking them off, they were like, I would apologize for being a little bit sweaty because I had just finished with work. And I was like, but I don't think you care because I just slut. And they were saying it in a mean tone, but I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. I am. That's exactly <laughs> when someone's like, you perfect little whore, like you fucking I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did you like first get an inkling that you might want these sorts of phrases? Was it in the early dirty talk? Did you ever read porn about it? Like, where did these kinky influences come from for you? I watched a little bit of porn, but since like what I did see at the time was very I guess like over, you can tell they're overacting it was a very easy sort of ones that I had that I did see I wasn't really into it but I you know they're talking a lot and I was like okay some of these phrases I really enjoy like again going back to Tumblr there was a lot of like smut on there that I would end up seeing and I had a friend who like fully wrote like these long like storylines that I was super into and that really helped with like realizing like I like these aspects and I want to experience them Love that. Okay, jumping back to your body for a second and your submissive self, do you enjoy receiving penetration? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, where and what kind? Which all of holes? it. Okay. I love all of it, yeah. I think my favorite is in my vagina because it's just it's just amazing. And it's also like, I don't know, I can't decide actually. 
it, fe- it all feels so good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you don't have to pick it. You're talking to a person yeah. that I always ask favorites questions and I never answer them. If someone asks me one, I'm like, well, favorites are hard. And also I'm polyamorous, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but tell us the specifics of what you love about each one, maybe. Oh, I love that. We'll start with vagina. Vagina, it's just, I love to get fucked deep. And I love when it starts as teasing or when they like go back and I'm like, oh, wait, no. And like, I love to beg too. I think it's so fun to be like, just saying like, please like give it back. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, it tends to be an almost overwhelming feeling yeah. in a very good way. I do like anal. I haven't done it in a while. That one's harder to explain, I think. I like how warm it feels, mm. which is also why I love when people come in me. Yeah. Because I just love that sensation of like being filled with that warmth. I'm like, yes, totally. it feels amazing. Same with like swallowing. I love to swallow. Okay. And then that way, moving on to sucking people off. The first time I sucked someone off, it was really fun to like, they were just like letting me explore their penis because I don't have one. I wanted to know all about them. Yes. And then they were also, I like being told like how to suck them off okay. and how they like it. Especially that started more as like, I don't know what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. now it's just like, yeah, tell me what you want me to do so I can make you feel good. I want to do exactly how you like it. So good. I totally relate to that because it's such a it's such a service submissive that rolls into top thing. And I'm exploring that same sort of like energy. Yes, myself. And I, exactly. And I think every person is so different. So like tutorials for each person are very fun and very hot. And recently with partners, I've noticed a lot of them have never had that level of attention on their cock or pussy and so i'm like i've been a little bit more bold and have been like i really like looking can i just look for a while and you know like that's so cool lovers this episode is sponsored by blue chew we all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health but if proper rest exercise and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it check out bluechew.com Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. What have you learned, actually, from these instructions? Are there pieces of information? This feels like great research. <laughs> well, specifically for, like, balls. The first time I was, like, sucking a cock and then I, like, moved on to their balls, I, first of all, find them so fun to, like, play with. <laughs> but, like, 
he was telling me like, oh, don't suck too hard because that can feel like you're literally getting kicked into the balls. Mm. Uh, sometimes if you suck too hard, some people will like it, but that was his preference. After then, I've known to be more careful and like, you know, building that up instead of just going for it. And I'm also really working on like being able to deep throat because that's definitely an ambition of mine. Okay. I've been able to, but like the partner that I see more frequently now, I'm like, I definitely take every opportunity I can to try. And he's he's very helpful in like going slow and like teaching me how to do it and taking yeah. his time with me. Amazing. Deep throating is so funny because I have found with certain cocks, it just goes in. It's great. It's like it's <laughs> built for it. And then some of them, and it's not a size related thing. Like it's like an angle and it's not just me angle. It's like the shape of the cock. There's a certain curve that I know exactly which angle to do. And like... <laughs> Sometimes laying upside down on the bed helps. And then there have been a couple times where I just got really awkward and it didn't work. I, like, Never mind. <laughs> I know what you mean. I feel like the, the laying backwards on the bed with like the head hanging over has been my like the way to go for me. Okay, great. When I've had the most success with deep throating. Nice. Okay, so you've gotten it in a little bit? A little bit. It's when I've gotten the closest. I also yeah. feel like I have a very intense gag reflex. And yeah. when I was comparing with a friend of like, because he's a size queen and he loves the dicks so much and we were talking about i was like i don't know if i could do 10 inches i can barely get like like the three inches of the tip of my partner's dick into my mouth before i'm like okay it's really deep in there (laughs) i don't know how he gets 10 i definitely hit a point where i could start to feel deep relaxation i don't know how to say this any other way like i've definitely gotten to the point where the throat starts to feel like a pussy and Mm. so just just finding that but I have no idea. I'm sure there are better tutorials online <laughs> than me being like, I just relaxed one day and there it was. Ten <laughs> inches though. Wow. That's uh that's impressive. That's impressive, especially if that's going down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What other sensations is your body into? Do you enjoy pain at all? Yes, I love being spanked and flogged. That's one of the things that I've been exploring more recently. When I say recently, like within the last year, but it's been super fun. It's something that I can't do to myself. Yeah. Like, even if I try, it's not the same. It's about, like, the surprise and the sensation of, like, someone else is doing this. And I need a partner for that. I can't, like, spank myself. I like biting a lot. I love being marked. And, like, the best way to, you know, do that is, like, especially on my neck if you're, like, biting and sucking. But it sucks because I also don't bruise easily. Mm-hmm. So I feel like someone would have to try really, really hard to actually, like, be able to fully mark me up. Yeah, totally. Well, how is your pain tolerance? Maybe that will grow and then you'll get bruises. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's it's pretty good. But like at one of the sessions that my friend and I had when we were at the dungeon and like going all out, it was around Christmas time. So he went to a dollar store and bought like a bunch of random shit to like hit me with. And he literally brought like a full roll of wrapping paper and kind of made it a game. And he started doing like, how much can you take and how far can we go until this shit just breaks on your ass? Yeah. So, like, that Whoa. that wrapping paper, like, fell apart because he was hitting me with it, and it felt so fun. Like, he had some of the, like, plastic things that, like, snapped in half, like, a bunch of stuff. I wasn't, like, pushing myself to be like, I can do it, I can do it. But, like, I, we got pretty far into my pain tolerance, and I still was, like, a little, like, I was red, but, like, no marks. I had, like, one little mark on, like, my ass cheek, and I was like, come on, give oh, me more. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, maybe it's about finding the right tool for the job. Well, on this note, Mm-hmm. Will you tell us the story of the first time you discovered that you had a penchant for daddies? <laughs> I've always been attracted to older people. Most of my partners have been much older than me. I don't know when I dis- I realized fully, like, I want to have sex with these people. I was always attracted to them. But when I was, like, 19, I decided to, like, go on, like, dating apps and stuff. 
And one of the people that I found was, I think at the time, like 38 or something. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, but he's so much older. I was like, cool, that sounds awesome. And he's hot. And he was actually the first person that I had full, like, penetrative sex with with a penis Mm -hmm. and we actually ended up doing both like vaginal and anal and also I sucked him off but like that was a really fun like and he knew that was going to be my first time and he was very like respectful and he was like taking his time and like letting me get used to it and the same one that was like telling me how to suck his cock and everything it was super super fun I love that also I was 19 and had the same experience like with a partner that was very like helpful and I don't know if there were instructions if we were talking because I think it was very too shy to ask for them but I like want that for I want everyone who wants it to have like a sexual initiator experience that's yeah like it's good good to learn have someone to teach you and like especially I was definitely like a little bit nervous yeah but we connected really well. I was able to be comfortable with him and like he brought the condoms and the lube and like he brought some anal beads to like help me work up to like actually putting his cock inside my ass. That's awesome. How was that as a first experience? It's the best. Uh, friends who are jealous of me because of that. <laughs> I was going to say, I think this is the first anal story I've heard. The first first anal story I've heard where someone had a partner help prepare them. Yeah, I didn't, I guess I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I just told him, like, I'm really interested in this and I want to try. I'd only ever put, like, a finger in my asshole when I was masturbating before. But then I was like, I like how that feels and I want more of that. Okay. And it was overall a super nice date because, like, he took me to, like, an art museum. And then he had, like, tricked out his van and we went to the beach. And, like, it was rainy. We had sex. And then once we were finished, the sun had come out. And I was like, this is the best fucking day ever. What a fantastic sexual debut story. Like, literally, the heavens were like, oh. Yes. And I was like, whoa, all sweaty and, like, post-cum. It was awesome. Wow. Okay, so finger up your butt for masturbation. I did not figure that out until after I liked anal sex. How did you get the idea? I was just like, it's there. And it was honestly because I, like, even before testosterone, I'm, like I get very wet and now it's just more but was like just exploring and like this you know playing with myself if I was on my back my wetness it was like just kind of drip down and I just felt like oh wow it's going far back and I was like oh how would that feel and sort of using my own like wetness as like lube to be like I can get a finger in there yeah has your finger been in there when you've come and have you felt your asshole pulse that's one of my favorite feelings I haven't it's like I want to try it but I'm also sometimes like it's easier for me to come when I'm focusing on my clit. Okay. So I'll just kind of be like, oh, this feels good. Oh, that feels great. And just keep going with it. I'll kind of forget like extracurricular stuff that I could be doing at the same time. Totally. Wait, so was this your first daddy? Is that, where did we yes. start this story? Okay. Yeah, that was my first daddy. He was older than me. I, I think the first time I was with him, I didn't call him daddy. And we hadn't really talked about that. But that same person, he had like several times of seeing each other. We had a threesome with somebody. And he had mentioned to me like, oh, he likes to call me daddy. And I was like, can I do that? He was like, fuck yeah. And that, that's the house started. And I was like, okay, that sounds really fun and I want to do it. But I have noticed that like the reason I started thinking about maybe I want to explore being called daddy is because I don't necessarily call people daddy. Yeah. It's more of like you are, like I know you are and you know that you are. It's the daddy energy. I've just, yeah. so since I've been dating again and meeting people and learning, I'm like, oh, there is a daddy energy. I'm starting to see it. I love the daddy energy. Most of my partners have been older than me. Most have been men. So I like the daddy energy. I just like knowing like that kind of dominance and like 
talking about like I want to call you daddy or you are my like I want you to be my daddy that kind of thing but in the moment I don't actually say like oh yes fuck me daddy yeah a lot I will sometimes but when I say it, I feel like it's more performative like because I know they like to hear it mm. it's less for like I love to say it than I, I love to say it because they like it but do you think that could morph because I totally... I think so <laughs> I think so but I was also thinking about it because I was like literally like last week like I was looking at porn I was watching one and it was a trans guy getting fucked by two older men and he was calling them both daddy but then I started focusing on his voice and just him saying it and I was like I think that's what I like hearing someone else say it so that's why I want to explore someone else saying that to me so here's a question do you have a daddy cock I do not yet Yes. Are you going to get one? Do you want one, I guess? I should Absolutely. ask Absolutely. Okay. okay. Absolutely, I do. Again, the friend that I see more frequently, we've talked about, like, pegging him. And I definitely want to, like, explore his asshole and work yeah. up to that with him and, like, okay. have that. I like him a lot because we can, we have a really fun connection and we are both very excited about exploring and, like, get excited about what else can we do to each other and with each other. Oh, perfect. Can we play fantasy cock? What do you think you might get? I don't know if it's going to be just for like me, like with my hands physically putting it into them. I'm okay with getting like whatever. It's more for like what they can handle. I'm not going to get like a 10 inch, you know, I'll probably start with a reasonable size. Totally. totally. Whoever I'm with. But if it's specifically for pegging, I really want to get one of the toys that is like can sit inside of me while I'm also fucking them. Have you ever tried one of those before? I haven't. No. I want to get one, though, because I have tried with, like, just the harness and the regular, like, dildo on. And I had threesome with a couple, and they had one, and so I wore it. But it wasn't my favorite. It was still fun, but it wasn't my favorite because I would love to also be receiving some of the sensation because that just makes me feel more connected and is more, I think, like, gender euphoric for me to be like, okay, I can feel you, too, and that feels awesome. Yes. It also might, I was talking to someone and sharing an experience that I'd had of going to a sex shop and trying on a harness and being like, this doesn't hit good spots on me. I feel like this would hurt. I don't understand. And they were like, oh, it maybe just didn't fit on you. Like maybe you need something that is hitting different points. Cause I'm like wanting sensation everywhere all the time. <laughs> and I'm a person too, who like when I'm giving a blow drive, I lately have just been really, really, really into thigh humping, like, and just letting that like mm, get me mm-hmm. off. Do you care about style? I know sometimes like, would you prefer like a flesh colored cock that matches you? Or are you more into like interesting, I don't know, what, what would Neptunian style look like? <laughs> more interesting for sure. I love a fun color. Yeah. I feel like the flesh tones are like boring, yeah. especially if like, it's, we already know it's a toy. I want to have, like, full fun with it. Get, like, a fucking rainbow or whatever oh, yeah. design. I feel like a tie-dye cock would be fun. I'm sure those are a thing. Yeah, oh, they absolutely are. I've definitely seen those dildos. I have a glow-in-the-dark one, too. That's pretty fun. I have a friend who has a significant collection of, like, monster cocks and, like, tentacles and, like, different... I wish I could drop the name of their brand. I can't remember right now. There's a couple. I've, Goog- I've Googled them and I've emailed those people. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> I love it. I like she's shown them off to me and they're so beautiful. So I just like I want them to be pretty to look at and also like fun to fuck with. Yeah. Getting back to your daddy energy or your budding, shall we say, your budding daddy energy. It sounds like you have a lot of nurturing qualities. Which ones do you get the most excited to use on people? Like you talked a little bit about like loving that you can just kind of like take initiative and give pleasure what are some of your favorite ways to really do that or ways that you're dreaming of doing oh okay i definitely want to like have someone fully tied up 
and just go to town on them. There's a couple that I'm watching, I think on like Pornhub, that it's just them. Like it's a lot of videos just of the woman like fully like stretched out on the bed and he's just going for it and making her come over and over again. I love, I've only really been dominant with partners who have vaginas. Okay. I love going down on people. It's so fun. I love being able to like figure out and find the spots that really get them going. And also I'm definitely asking them like, tell me what you want. And I want to give that to you. I want to provide that for you. But in a more, like, you know, in my more dominant role. Do you do it, like, in an ongoing way, like, as you're touching them? Or does it just organically? I guess that's a really specific <laughs> question. <laughs> I think it usually goes from, like, you know, making out to, like, working up to it. So when I feel like we're getting to a, the next stage of, like, okay, we're going to take clothes off and stuff. And, like, getting more, you know, of me fully fingering them or really touching them. That's when I start, I ask, like, if they want something specific. Like, if you really like to touch yourself or be touched a certain way, tell me and I want to, like, find it for you. Or just, like, exploring inside of them. And if they respond, like, if they kind of go, like, a, like all of a sudden, I love to ask, like, that. does that feel good? Like, do you like that? And, like, have them be like, yes, and, like, respond to me. I love that you ask that. There were so many early experiences I had where I was like, Ugh. and people were like, is that sensitive? I was like, it's too sensitive. And then they just were like, oh, good, baby. It's sensitive. You know, like, and so there wasn't the, like, communicate. And maybe I didn't say it clearly enough, but I just love that you're clearly checking in in that way. Because it's so hot when check-ins are done like that in a hot, attentive way. Another fun example of hot consent of, like, still yes. keeping it, like, yeah, like, it's still dirty talk and it's still sexy. It doesn't have to be a full pause of, like, I honestly could interpret as unsexy to like fully stop what we're doing and be like, yeah. was that, did that feel good? Was that okay? I think it's fun to stay in the moment and keep the consent just a part of all the sexiness. Yes. Stay with that energy. That's true. <laughs> That's a really good observation. I bet if I could like zoom back in time and look at old me, a lot of my like, I think pops in interpersonal things have been from, I'm an energy breaker. And I've caught myself in listening back to this podcast because I'll be like, energy, energy, full hard right turn. And I'll be, sometimes I think Kimberly's made a weird cut, but it's just the way that I actually like speak. So that's a great reflection. Do you feel like you've always been like a naturally attuned to other people person or is it something, a skill that you've cultivated or is it just kind of a mixture for you? In general, yes, for sure. Okay. Sex wise, I think it took some work, especially when I was like, you know, first being active it's a whole new type of energy to read that I hadn't before. Like in general, I've read people's energies my whole life. I've had my whole life to work up being able to be attuned to the vibe. Yeah. So with sex, it's completely different, I think. For most of my partners, it has been completely different. So I have like had to work at it a little bit, but like it's still mostly a natural skill for me. Beautiful. Do any of your daddies call you any type of name? And or if someone was calling you daddy, would you want to call them a name? Like, do you have, Ooh. what's the submissive part of this equation? Yeah. So for my daddies, I've only ever really been called, like, mixing it with the praise of, like, good boy. Yeah. That's my favorite one. But for my current bae, he always calls me cutie. And that makes me so that. happy. I love that so much. I think if it was me as the daddy with whoever I'm with, I would probably make it more specific. I mean, I'll still throw in like a good boy, good girl, whatever, you know, works for them. Yeah. But I feel like I would come up with a more like cutie, like a more like specific to them name. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Did I skip through some of your formative details? Is there anything we need to <laughs> go into specifically that we haven't covered yet, like partnership wise and formation wise before we go into even more details? The partner I had between 
the confusing experience and my first penis partner. We, I was at this thing at a hotel for like three days and we ended up being like roommates. And we were flirting a lot like throughout the time. And then we were like, oh, we're also roommates. So they have a vagina and we explored a lot with each other. And that was my first like fully consensual, like we know like we're doing it wasn't at all confusing emotionally or anything. And that was super great too, that we got to like, first of all, that like I was, I think, 17 or 16 at the time Mm -hmm. so that's also rare to get that sort of like freedom like at a fucking hotel like that's that sort of freedom and alone time literal fucking hotel (laughs) exactly so that was super fun and like that was also when i learned that i love being marked or marking people but then also that was like we didn't talk about marking before and i didn't think about it so like the next morning they had hickeys all over and they're like oh shit so also knowing that i need to discuss it first and hold myself back if i know that that's not the goal (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can definitely relate to being a teenager being, oh, shit, hickeys. Ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know until you know. How did that flirting turn into that clear, it sounds like, explicit conversation? Like, what was that initiation like for you two? So throughout the day, we've been flirting and everything, like I said. And at night with our, you know how hotel rooms have, like, the door between mm-hmm. them? So we had two friends that were, like, next door. I don't know why it started, but we we just were looking up, like, weird porn together. And I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum. We're like, it's... We just like we were like, well, that's we have never seen this before. Yeah. I think one of the ones that we found was like people just as pandas that were like having sex or like messing around. We were like, oh, that's interesting. And then that kind of like looked at some other videos together. And I think that sort of like after that we were kind of like, okay. And our friends too were also kind of flirting. And I think I don't know for sure. I don't remember for sure, but I think they also hooked up. So we kind of were like, let's go our separate ways now. And like very, or, I think organically for us, just like went from like we're gonna leave now, we're gonna start making out now. We are naked. (laughs) Okay, great. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor, and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice, so I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Floor. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Are there other formative experiences we haven't hit on yet? Like, I want to ask you about turn-ons, turn-offs, and specifics, but like, Take us through, because then you had your first daddy experience. Did that last for a while? Like, how did it? And when did you realize you were poly? Oh, I'm asking so many questions. Take us where you will. 
Okay, I'll start with the daddy one. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I plan to see him again. We did see each other like semi-frequently for a while and then, you know, pandemic and everything. But we still text occasionally and I still want to see him. I want to plan something pretty soon to like hang out and catch up and have fun. And for being poly, actually with that partner at the hotel, they were in a poly relationship and we kept talking after that. And they asked me to be their boyfriend, but I wasn't ready for like a long distance thing and they did live far away. Mm. But like through that and like the idea of like being with them while they also have their boyfriend and I think there was another partner involved. I just kept thinking about that idea. And I was like, oh, I think that sounds fucking awesome. And I want to like be a part of that when I'm, you know, in the space too. And like with people, for me, it has to be like, I can't do long distance. It would have to be closer to me. I need the physical connection to like really feel, I guess, confident and secure in the relationship. Yeah, I totally get that. I'm like, well, if we're far away, let's be friends with possible benefits if we're in the same city and we can maintain a connection but for yeah i need yeah for a full-blown relationship i need more yeah do you have enough experience as a poly person to say what your kind of like ideal style of poly is like do you want to be part of a large polycule like what would you ideally like to explore right now at this point in your life i don't think i have a full ideal i have like not in relationships, but in sex dynamics. I've been with a lot of couples. Okay. I get excited about the idea of like joining into a couple and sort of being in their already established love oh. and just getting to be a part of it is wonderful. Yeah. When was your first experience like that? Tell us. Maybe when I was like 20. It was super fun. I've only been with two couples and then been in a couple threesomes like separately which I love threesomes. I want to have more sums. I want like to explore more people. But I like being with the couples, again, because they already have their connection and they're inviting me in. And I just want to explore both of them and like see what their dynamic is like and see how I fit into it. Tell us what you love about threesomes. I just love more sensation. It's more to explore more people, like more hands on my body and my hands on theirs. I will say that one of my favorite like positions is either... If I'm getting eaten out and then the person between us is getting fucked by the next person, or if I'm in the middle position where I'm getting fucked and also eating someone out or like sucking their cock, that is just the best. If I'm the one being eaten out, I just love the sight of like watching, like feeling it and watching someone between my legs and also like getting fucked at the same time and like making eye eye contact with the third person and being like, fuck, this is hot. What have the configurations of the threesomes that you've been in been like in terms of just people and body parts and whose mouths are where, et cetera? I've had both like me and two other people that both have vaginas or me and two other people who one is has a penis, one is a vagina owner. I have not been with two penises and that's definitely like next on my list. I want that so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. I haven't been with two penis owners at a time or two vagina owners. at Oh, well, I guess I did two penis owners, but it wasn't as much as I wanted. And it wasn't the people I wanted. So I haven't done the experience, like not the, I guess I'm a hypocrite because I'm always like, what is counts as sex for you? I'm like, with not the full sex. I haven't had penetration in any of my holes with two cocks, which is something. Okay. What would you like to do in your fantasy with two penis owners? Like, how would you like to use those cocks? <laughs> 
I definitely want double penetration. Okay. If I could get three cocks to fill all my holes, that'd be excellent. What about five and then you have one for each hand? Yes. Just Maybe keep me busy. Six and put it between your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I've never really explored like a foot fetish. Would you? Yeah, I think so. I really want to go with someone with a foot fetish and touch them under the table with my feet. Oh my God. I love that. That kind of feeds into the exhibitionism of like very gentle exhibitionism of like just touches that are more sensual. The first person that I had sex with with a penis um, while we were at like the museum, they were kind of touching me a lot and like put me to the side and we were just like making out for a while in like a more secluded area. And I was like, Oh God, I can't wait to fuck you. Fuck yeah. Have you had like public sex or is that like the maximum PDA that you've been into? That's the maximum. Yeah, I love the idea of public sex, but I'm really big on like, I don't want to make people voyeurs who do not want to be in that position. Agree. Yeah. So I worry a lot about that. Like, I guess, no, when I was at the dungeon, I guess that kind of counts because I know it's going to be happening. So that has been good too. And I'm in there and the one that we go to, we get the door open and everything. So people can just walk by and, you know, peek in, see what's up. So the first time we did it, I was facing away from the door. And just the thought of, like, someone could be watching me right now was very exciting. Yeah. And that kind of amped it up. And then after another time that we did something, someone afterwards was talking to us. We just, you know, and they were like, I love the scene you guys did. That was so, like, you have a nice connection. It was really fun to watch. And I was like, this is the best compliment in my life. Cool. So I think it would have to be in specific situations like that where I know that everyone knows what's going to be going down and, like, it's okay. What's the extent of your exhibitionism tendency? So if you were, for example, in a place space slash art gallery where we're having the best sex parties ever in my future fantasy, like, would you want to be one of the, like, main performances that people come to see or, like, an opening act for the thing? Like, would you be, like, a focal point or are you happier to sort of just, like, if someone walks by? I think at this point, I'm more happier with, like, walking by. (laughs) Okay, but here's a question. If you're a submissive and your dominant was like, you're going to be the center of attention, how does that change your answer? 100%. (laughs) (laughs) 100%, yes, yeah. Because that'll add that sort of excitement to it. I think if it was presented to me, especially in, like, I want to show you off type of way, I'd be like, okay, fuck yeah, I'm going to the middle of the stage. Yeah. For me, it's so partner contingent. It's sort of like, what mm-hmm. are we creating together? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've had threesomes. Have you had more sums yet? Have we gotten to three or more people? Kind of. It wasn't like full sex. It was a lot of like, like kind of like a cuddle puddle, just kind of like mm-hmm. grouping and touching. At a party, a friend and I had been kind of flirting through the day. And then at the party at the end of this event, we were like making out. And then someone came up to us and was like, can I also join you? And we are like, uh fuck yeah so then after that like more people came and ended up being like five five or six of us that were just like kissing and touching and having fun and it was super exciting for me to be like I was more submissive in that scenario and to have sort of the person that I started with like at one point they had their hands like to their sides like touching and gripping on two people's like I don't know what they had so on their crotches yeah but making out with me and I was like, oh, that was super, super hot. And then people would slowly like just trickle away as they were like, okay, I came. I'm done. Thanks, guys. And just went away. And then it was back to just me and that person. How beautiful. 
Wow. Also, as you were talking, I'm like, this segment is entitled The Kissing Couch. I don't know. You were on a couch bed, <laughs> were we? But, like, that makes me want to make I a I am on a couch. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just like, was there, like, secretly a sign above you? Were like, what energetic signal? Like, how beautiful. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what, like prompted that person to be like i'm i'm just gonna go ask and i'm Probably so because you were hot and seemed <laughs> like there was room for more i don't know honestly yeah we were so we actually we were like sitting in like the backyard of this part and that also again feeds into the exhibitionism of like people like obviously could see we were making out and fooling around like they had their hand on my crotch and like mm-hmm. at one point fully in my pants and it was also really nice because it was a mostly queer party and at one point before we got like very into it we were just making out and kind of touching a lot someone that I had met earlier in the day came up to us and was like, just, I just want to check on y'all. Are you okay? Like, do you need anything? Just to be like, making sure that it was like fully consensual mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we were both sober enough to be making this decision because it was like, you know, drinking. And we were both like, yeah, we're great. Thank you so much for checking in. And they were like, okay, have fun. And like walked off. So I also felt super safe in this space. people who are like holding safe spaces for sexy people. That's hot as fuck. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, what other experiences have you had that have turned you on that we don't know about yet? I feel like we touched on, like, the idea of it, but again, like, just, like, the, especially on first dates, if the person's more touchy, because I am super touchy, but I worry about, like, pushing boundaries. I'm, I just, I don't want to do anything unconsensual with anybody or to anybody, so, like, I'm very touchy with my friends that I know are down, and I'm, like, we hug, and, like, I kiss a lot of my friends, too, but I don't want to, like, touch someone and have them be, like, no, I don't like that, because I think my brain might interpret that as I know it's not a rejection necessarily to me they're just like i just don't like that but i don't want to even i'm so nervous to put someone even in the situation to be like stop it yes i have now spoken to enough people in the world who are like i didn't say anything but i didn't like it i was kind of one of the and i i just don't want to be the person that they don't say the thing to and i also have spoken to a bajillion people that are like oh yeah confidence is just so sexy and i'm like but which one do I pick? Okay. So, you know, so I'm learning confident trust building and doing my best to communicate and cover my bases in ways like, you. I mean, you gave some really hot examples earlier of keeping that sensual energy and, and finding the ways to check in. So when I have a good method or system, I will share it. But <laughs> So what is your method for sort of like connecting with people and building that trust? Like what's your current go-to? Honestly, right now, if it's me being the more dominant one it's just been like we're already friends and i know that like we can touch and then honestly this is like do you want to make out and we're like okay and then it just goes further and then if it's when i'm more submissive it kind of comes with like the daddy energy of like yeah. first of all before it's talking about how like i love to be touched and we discuss that beforehand so then on the actual date again with my what do we say current bay when on our first date we were at a bar and he we were just talking stuff and then after a while he like had his hand on my thigh and he's rubbing my leg and i was like oh that's nice and that kind of comes in with like the daddy energy of like taking that charge has there ever been a situation in your adult life where you've had to set a boundary or say a no or be like wait not that mm-hmm. actually i guess this is another trigger warning this was more recent last year i was i had talked to this person about doing anal and we were in the middle of sex but they tried to go for anal and I was not ready for that. There was a lot of other stuff going on in my life. I was very ill. I didn't know it was. I just like wasn't feeling great and it ended up being a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I was mentally exhausted and physically, but like my brain wasn't fully there. So I forgot our safe word for a second. 
And even though we had briefly talked about like CNC, we hadn't actually planned anything. And and I had said like that something that needs a lot of planning. I had said stop, and they didn't. Oh fuck! So then they didn't respect that, and especially at the time, I felt like it was such a gray area. Now I know, like, no, that was that wasn't great. That was a really shitty experience for me. But I said stop, and I said it again, and then they didn't, and then I finally was able to be like, oh, it's this word, and I said it, and then they stopped. Okay. But like, other than that, I haven't really. Other than like, I don't want to take my binder off. I haven't really had to be like, no, I don't want that. Okay. What did you do after that to take care of yourself? And did they check in with you? And were you? I honestly didn't really until a while after. Well, right after that, I was crying a little bit. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it was like super like traumatic and brought up some past trauma. But like right afterwards, he held me for a bit. But then it was nothing. And that also kind of added to my sort of confusion again, like about that situation. Because I was like, well, I didn't like that. And I didn't feel consensual for a bit there. But then he held me. So maybe it's like, which is not at all like that's, That's not, not at all correct, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. But after that, again, because I was, like, at the time dealing with some health issues, that kind of took precedent in my brain. Um, but I did, because of that, like, end up, like, cutting people off, like, fully sexually. Like, I was sexually, like, inactive for a while, except for, like, my, my current bae, who I was, I feel super, super safe and comfortable with. And then, like, that friend that I would kind of mess around with. Um, so I'm glad that I still had those safe people yeah. to be with and, like, have fun with and have still my brain like sex is still safe and it's yeah. still okay it's just certain things are not great totally <laughs> but then the following year i did like that was towards the end of last year and then the beginning of this year i started therapy and like have since worked on it so much and i feel like so much like healing that has, has come from from being in therapy fuck yeah celebrating that okay mm-hmm. are there any other like turnoffs that you want to share with us the things that you're just like, that's not fucking sexy. <laughs> not yucking other people's yums, but just for you. Yes. <laughs> oh, I guess tickling and blood in certain ways. Go on. Also, I was just noodling on this on my bucket list. I was like, blood, hard limit. Well, I guess it's not a hard limit. So what's yeah. yours? I used to think that too. I used to be like, well, no, like hard limit for me. And then the first time I went to a dungeon, there was someone in like the more public space that was getting whipped. And when I saw their back, there was a bit of blood like trickling down and i was like oh yeah. that's nice and i've also seen like very like artistic putting needles into skin and like making like beautiful patterns stuff and then when you take it out the like gentle like yeah. trickles of blood i think that's so beautiful and like so hot but then also twice it's happened where once i was bleeding from my vagina after getting fingered i think it was just too much probably a nail or something you know whatever it's got, got nicked in there micro tears in vaginas very common yeah but at the time I was like, I was up on my knees and the person had their like fingers in me, like, like from below. Yep. And then, but they're like, oh, you're bleeding. And it was like, a, like ridiculous, like, tri- like going down their hand blood. And oh, I was like, shit. nope, I'm done. I can't do this. I have to leave now. I'm finished. But I think that sort of stems from like dysphoria of like, I don't want there to be blood in my vagina ever again. It, uh, yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. That's not fun in general, but specifically gender wise, I don't want that. And then with that person last year that like did anal without also without really prepping me right after I was fine. But then I bled for like three days because of that. So if it's coming from like specific parts of me, no go. 
but I want to kind of explore some needles and like, I want to see like what yeah. else I can do in other fun ways, just not specifically that. Intentional, consensual blood. Okay. Mm-hmm. But to be very clear, it sounds like there are no like Dracula fantasies or like blood drinking or bloodletting or leeching fantasies. Mm, maybe. <laughs> it depends. That's a big form of fluid bonding. <laughs> You've mentioned dungeons. Do you just go with your friend or do you go to parties there and events? Like it sounds like there might be more. I've only gone with my friend. Okay. Would you be up for parties or events or clubs like that? Like, how does that hit your nervous system? I would be. I need some more. I need to be more comfortable with the space before I start doing like more alone activities yeah. there. I'm that way with anything though. Like, I definitely love to have a buddy with me, even yeah. if it's like we're both new to the space. But I need to have a buddy with me to know that like, if I'm not talking to anybody, I got you. If yeah. I feel at all uncomfortable, I have you to come back to. But I, I yeah, I've been going with like you know current Bay. Um, this one's super close to where I live, so we've been able to go there and have fun and hang out. And it's so fun to talk to people there just about, like, just hang out, talk about anything, but then talk about, like, what they're into and, like, see different people's scenes and, like, get ideas. Yeah. Is it, like, late night stuff or is it just happening whenever? Or is it, like, scheduling slots and going? The one we go to is late night. But I also know there's just so many events happening. And I've been invited to a couple, but I haven't had a buddy for them. So I have not, like, gone. Okay. But yeah, the one we've been to has been like late night stuff. They, I think they open at like 9 and close at like 2 a.m. Okay. What fantasies do you have about other play parties or dungeons? Or like, is that something you want to explore more because of group sex? Or how would you like to get to your group sex fantasies? Oh, definitely want to explore more. I would love to just be sort of like in the mix of everybody else and mm-hmm. like explore with different people. Sort of like how at that party when people were like, hey, can we make out with you too? Yeah. Just kind of that sort of like just mingling with everybody. I think I would enter that space with my current bay. I think I'd be the most comfortable as like starting out in a form of like him either finding people for me or like sort of giving me to people and having that. Like I love the idea of like my partner picking someone out to either come play with us or come play with me. I love that. I want him to sit there and be like, okay, you go get me someone. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Wait, so what if he was like that person fetch? Oh, I don't know. I'd be so I'd nervous. Be too nervous. <laughs> I'd be so nervous, but I would do it. I think I might be too nervous still for that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What else sexy do you want to explore? What well, could be fantasies or specific activities? Mm, I already mentioned like double penetration or triple or, yeah. you know, as many as I can get. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot it in my ears. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely a big one. That's like one of the, I've been trying to like, you know, make it happen. Yeah. But I think, you know, it'll just take some time. But I, I know I'll get it. I just like, I'm like impatient. For like, come on, come on, someone bring your cocks. <laughs> <laughs> I want to explore my exhibitionism in a place where I know everyone knows that it's going to be happening. And it's everyone's like, okay, yeah, I, I'm down to watch it or I don't care if you're doing it right there. But I have such fantasies of like, I probably will never do this, but like of much more public spaces, like a fucking bus or something like that. Yeah. But what if it's a bus that someone creates for that purpose and everyone on board is like there for the party? You know what I mean? 100% I'm down. Because it's going from one creation space to the next. I don't know. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> yes. What about toys or anything like implements that, like, have you had everything that you want? Is there anything you want to try toy wise or implement wise or learn to use, you know, since you are becoming a daddy yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want to practice my thrust game i want to like definitely get that strap on and fuck some people with it and make them feel good actually with 
current bay they brought in like one of those little like electro like the gentle like shock with it mm-hmm. and that one's super fun again with him we explore a lot and he will just bring toys like the last time we met up he got a few toys but we got like it had been a while since we saw each other so we just fucked and we're like okay like we already got our systems we forgot about the toys we'll try next time totally i just want to keep going i want to i haven't been tied up yet okay. and i really really want to be like probably start with like you know little restrictions and work mm-hmm. up to like being fully fully bound and like you know like just do what you want to me i'm here for it absolutely that's a big one too oh my gosh i love it if you had to pick between being like fully bound laying down on a bed versus like a saint andrew's cross nobody's mm-hmm. watching in this one that's not it's not for audience <laughs> which one would you pick i think saint andrew's cross okay. like up and like I don't know. I feel like the logistics of it, like you can do more, I think. That's a really good point. No flipping required. Oh, it's more effort to be upright. Well, yeah, they're both good. It's both. Like, if, you're, <laughs> if it's sturdy enough, things. Yeah, I want to be able to be supported enough. What about rope or anything? A rope for sure. I love the artistry of it too, of like all the knots and like the beautiful, like the patterns that you can make and everything. I definitely want to like buy some and to start practicing like knots, even on myself and like, or I'm sure some of my friends would be willing to help me out too. And like either be there for me to practice on them or like have them practice on me. Totally. What about food stuff? Just because a couple people recently have mentioned like splashing our food plate. Is that something that you'd be interested in? I heard that. Episode. Yeah. It's so good. It's so fun. I had never thought of that, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I know like it's such like a sitcom thing of like, oh, bring the whipped cream. I don't know what I would. I think I'd be down. Like I'm honestly down for a lot of things just to explore them and see like, okay, that wasn't really sexy for me. Now I know. Fuck yeah. It depends. Maybe it depends on the food and like what I feel like having that day. <laughs> totally. I also feel like, yeah, food is baked in for me a lot of times in edging and celebration. So it is like part of the sensual pleasure. I just, it's only been a few times that someone has like fed me something and it was in a sexual manner. Switching gears a little bit, we talked at the beginning about sexting, but we haven't really talked about your adult sexting life. Is that part of your sex life still? A little bit. I think it's still like sometimes, I say sometimes, once. Like in my adult life, I was sexting someone because they live far away. So I think it comes with like that distance. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't actually touch you. But if I can actually touch someone, I prefer to do it. It kind of feels like more of like a warm up. I was going to say, what about like enticing local people to want to come over and touch you? (laughs) Yeah. It's like a warm up. And like Current Bay 2, he sends me photos and I love every single one. He's so hot. Next question. Yeah. He sends you photos. Mm hmm hot yeah i don't send photos only because i just feel like i can't get a good angle if someone would take photos of me i'll use those and i'll send those but i just no i just can't do it myself (laughs) okay but he sends photos and there's they're always great and i always incredibly well received and then we'll like especially late at night just talk about like feeling spicy and like what we want to do next and what we're craving i love that what about have you ever made homemade porn or would you I would. I haven't, but I would. With a partner you trust, or what are you waiting for? Just the right circumstances? Yeah, I reckon circumstances. Like, I think, especially with Current Bay, I think, like, we both have very, we've had very similar, like, I guess, ambitions for, like, what we want to do next. And then I feel like it, we have a lot, so then we kind of forget, like, which one did you want to also do? Like, what kind of, like, was focus? <laughs> That's why I'm making the bucket list, and I'm just going to, you know, try to pick one thing a week and see how far I get in my lifetime. <laughs> 
super I'm so tempted to be like next time we have a fucking itinerary <laughs> like and so they work our way through like the fun list of what to explore i love that you mentioned that you are a tattoo apprentice is that related to pain for you at all like i assume you must have tattoos is that yes i have like i know you can't see them right now but i definitely have blood <laughs> cool I know it's not necessarily sexual, but like, is that related to your sensory experience as a being? Absolutely. Yeah. One of the first ones I got was super ticklish. I have a smiley face on my ass cheek um, that says, have a nice day underneath. I love it. <laughs> but that one was honestly felt ticklish and that was kind of odd. But just the sensation, like the kind of, it's so sharp that it almost becomes dull, if that makes sense. Like the that sort of like little vibration. For me, it's a fun sensation. It'll still hurt, obviously, because I'm getting stabbed repeatedly, but like, it's always fun. It's always interesting to me to see how my body reacts and how I feel it within. I kind of start taking note of how I feel it throughout my whole body. Like I have one on my chest and that one was really interesting to feel the vibrations like in my skull because it was reverberating through like the bones. I really want to feel, like, the sensations of a tattoo, but I have not figured out, like, what or where. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm not committed enough to something yet, but that's really cool. I think it's so fun. And it's also just, like, a great, like, especially now that, like, most of my tattoos now are from the shop that I'm apprenticing at. And it's just also fun to hang out with your friends and get their art and, like, also have the interesting sensations. It's always good. That is awesome. Okay, is there anything else about your sex life that we need to know? I guess it's like a fun fact because like I did mention like I love having come in me I love feeling the sensation my, one of my favorite things right now is that current bay has a vasectomy so I'm just like give it all to so me come on hot. yeah so <laughs> where okay so where have you gotten to receive come so we can do pussy we can do have you gotten come in the asshole not yet so like especially after like last year I took like a break from it but I'm like feeling in a much better mental physical emotional place to be like okay let's like start playing again yeah i have had it come in me not from current bay but from my first penis owning partner we were both like i mean i hadn't really been with anybody so i was i was fully negative he was really negative so i just decided like like kind of halfway through i was like do you feel comfortable with like coming in my ass and he was like uh fuck yeah so like took the condom off and went for it and it was so amazing and i love the feeling too of having like like feeling it kind of trickle out afterwards It's so like, oh, there it is. Oh, okay. Oh gosh, that's so hard. <laughs> With Grant Bay and the vasectomy, do you ever wear cum on your body anywhere? No. I like that in theory, but I have eczema and I'm so nervous about like irritating my skin. So I'm like, mm, perhaps once I have it more under control, yeah. I'm down for it. Practical concerns are important. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Love it. What is your hope for your sexual self going forward? I just want to keep exploring and keep like finding things. I think I am going to write out an actual list to work through and see like what I want to explore and definitely groups. I want to have more group play. I want group play and I want for us, I just really want useful group play with nice people and spaces where it's like conducive to that. That is my dream for all of us. (laughs) Okay. And if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? I think I would definitely go back to early teen years because that I think was when I started really being like, oh, I like these things. I'm really interested in sex, but still had some leftover shame from like being assaulted and everything. And also my family wasn't very like, we didn't talk about sex. So I didn't really have a positive view of sex. 
like it wasn't fully negative, but it wasn't like super sex positive. So I think I would go back and tell myself first of all, like it's totally cool and fun and like okay that you are feeling excited about sex and in a way give myself permission to explore and be confident and comfortable about it instead of exploring and a more and then feeling shamey about it afterwards or during. Fuck yeah. Neptune, thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories. Thank you for having me. Do you have a sex question for me? What was one of your most intense orgasms and what sort of brought you to that? Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. 